0: head over to JensHeidland.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and sign up. But now, let's get started with the podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Jens Land Show where I interview experts from different fields to connect the dots of innovation and entrepreneurship. Today's guest is Emotional Resilience strategies. Please welcome to the show, Sarah Westbrook. Hello, Sarah. Welcome to the show. How are you doing?
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. It's
0: great. It's a pleasure to have you. I'm really looking forward to learn a little bit about different perspectives of emotions from you today. And of course, as well the listeners. Um, Let's get into it. So before we go into innovation, your perspective on strategies and different perspectives on how you work with emotions, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? what is your story?
1: Okay <laughs> so let's do let's do the Cool's uh, note version. okay, so how I even got started doing, what I do now, which is I'm passionate about emotions and how they impact choices and behavior and how they impact our overall well being. I was three years old, <laughs> so let's go, let's just go way it's back. Very early. So, <laughs> yeah, so I was three years old. Uh, I told my mom, I said, "Mom, I'm going to be a singer." Okay, stick with me. The story is going to make sense. So I said, so "I'm going to I'm going to be a singer." By the time I was eight, I was taking singing lessons. By the time I was eleven, I was a paid performer working at a dinner theater. So from the outside, everything looked great, right? Like I'm, I'm singing and it's a dinner theater and I'm 11 and I'm getting paid to leave school and, and work and do something I'm passionate about. But also at that time, there was some challenging circumstances. My parents ended up getting separated. They got back together. That happened a couple more times and eventually got divorced. Then there was this lack of relationship with my dad. My mom could see that the emotional impact of those circumstances was really affecting my confidence, my self-esteem, and overall well-being. So being the wise person that she is, she put me into every single character development leadership course she could get her hands on. (laughs) Did I want to go as a preteen and a teen? No, because I thought uh, I could just have more friends in my village why would I need a mentor why would I need other people that have lived longer with different perspectives I just want to hang out with my friends that will fill the void and she knew that I needed more in my village more mentors more wisdom more leadership so let's fast forward I got into public speaking in as a preteen because my teacher thought I'd be good at it I was still singing and I was taking the character education courses all very separate from each other, I thought, until I was 19 years old. And then I was singing at a mall and someone came up to me, it happened to be a principal of a school and said, can you sing at our school and let the students ask you questions about how you got to sing at different events and record your albums? And I thought, feel the fear and do it anyway. I was terrified. (laughs) I was was like, I'm just, but I'm gonna lean in because that's what I had always been practicing. Leaning into the discomfort of the emotion and knowing that there's going to be judgments, but I'm not going to let those stop me from being brave and sharing a message. So I stood up, I sang songs, and the students stopped asking me questions about singing and started me asking questions about challenges I've experienced. It was a school that had lots of challenges, different circumstances. And so I'm standing there, I'm out of my back pocket. I'm pulling out different mindset conversations, character education tools. And that was the seed that was planted for me at 19, where it was like, Sarah, this is bigger. This is bigger than for me, the music. It was music became a way for me to express and move through my emotions in a healthy way for me to communicate a message, but it wasn't the focal point of what I was going to end up doing for my whole life, which was what I thought growing up was like, well, I'm just going to be, I'm, you know, not just, but I'm going to be a singer. That's what I'm going to do. So then fast forward, I started to create programs around the impact of emotions on our choices. And, and when I looked back at anything that was really hard in my life, it wasn't just because the circumstance was hard. It was because the circumstance had triggered emotion that was really hard and uncomfortable. And that became, whoa, we, we got to get more tools around what do you do with the emotions that circumstances trigger so that you can see emotions as information. You can see emotions as motivation. And so from there, I started working with all different audiences and all different ages, not just with students, but it became that I was working with educators and then parents and then companies, organizations, and teams. And it was really cool for me to see how the message transcends to all ages. So there's my coolest note version. (laughs) That's how I got. And, And from that, I've always been passionate about even looking at and practicing what stops me some times, or what emotion I need to look at. I do think it's really a practice, not a destination. It's a constant muscle and a skill to work with. So giving strategies on how to do that has become my personal practice and passion to share.
0: And it's quite interesting when we talked last time um, and we talked a little bit about, Hey, l- shall we do a podcast recording in this? You do this not just in a business sense, you do this as well in a private perspective where emotions is very, very important for you and understanding what's going on with with the family members in your family. And, And it's not just the business perspective, it's like total life approach, if I understand you right.
1: Absolutely. I don't believe that I can share something authentically, not practicing. And my big piece is that life is not about perfection you know, it's about reflection, redirection, and process. And, and it's a progression, right? You're learning. It's not perfection. It's progress. But how do we get progress is we reflect and we say, oh, okay. I love how I handled that. Not so much there. No. But why, why did I, why did I handle it that way? Oh, could there have been an emotion? Was I really upset? Was I really angry? Was I really nervous? OK, so now if I can have tools to practice what I do with those emotions, now I can redirect and say, but if I was being determined, respectful, compassionate, what choice will I make moving forward? And that's really the progress right there is when you can say, how can I learn from this? But we need tools in order to be reflective and to redirect. And that's where I come in. And, that, and, and that's something that's really interests me, again, in my own life. I mean, we have an almost nine-year-old son, and it's amazing how young kids can learn about emotional intelligence, emotional awareness, self-regulation. It's very much a taught and, and modeled practice.
0: Love that. And I think it's also, at least in my experience, it's also like as a parent or as as a senior inside the business being the good example, because others looking up to you, others remodel what you're doing. So if you do this with truly being yourself and truly making that in an honest way, they will remodel that because they see you as a, as a good example.
1: 100%. I think you, we can't expect people to learn what we're not willing to model. And if we want people to learn about, oh, it's okay to feel let's normalize emotions, but I'm not going to talk about mine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and uh, it's, it goes back to this, and this isn't a a great example. Uh, If we were looking at a parent child relationship, and that's the same as a leader employee situation. So let's say you as the parent, say to your child um oh no actually let's start the other way you say your child comes to you and says are you okay like is something that's going on since we're emotional beings we can feel that we can feel when something's a bit off so if you look at your child and say i'm fine like i'm fine okay then they're walking away and a they're they could be thinking a few things a they're lying to me <laughs> um b Maybe I don't know how to gauge other people because I thought something was up, but maybe they're not. Or maybe it's even that they walk away thinking, oh, I can tell they're not fine, but I guess you can only talk about the emotions that are comfortable, like happiness. The other ones, you just say you're fine. Mm. So then we flip the coin around. You as a parent know when your child has a big emotion. And this is the same with you, you as a leader, knowing when something's going on with a team member. And you can feel it, again, because we're emotional beings. So you go and you say, it's something that, you know, tell me, be honest, be real. I can tell something's up. Come on. And they look at you and they respond with, I'm fine. <laughs> Who are they learning that from? The role model. We cannot ask people, whether it's kids or employees, to do something we're not willing to model.
0: Yeah it's it's and, so true and it's i can tell you stories which we shouldn't do on recording on that from my life as well yeah. <laughs> it's it's definitely yeah. it's it's 100 true on a private and as well on a business level at least for myself where i've been not the good example um it's yeah well that's
1: but, where the reflection comes in
0: exactly exactly <laughs> and,
1: then, and then right and then i think too if we're that's where the idea of it doesn't have to be perfect so but if we can be real and say oh my goodness I totally messed up right there okay so I'm just going to own that and I'm going to look at the emotion it you know triggered for me let's look at the emotion that triggered for you and then and then you're teaching people also about accountability and Mm -hmm. that mistakes happen but what if it was about walking away with the lesson learned so there can be so many teachable moments in that. If we can let the ego
0: go, <laughs> yeah, one hundred percent. Let's let's get into innovation. So the whole podcast is how do we how do we empower people to innovate, and and I would like to discover that uh, together with you from from your perspective. So you work with three emotions, or three emotional elements. Um, I would like to dig a little bit into that from an angle of innovation. So. How can people, how can companies innovate with your model?
1: So when I think about innovation, I think about being able to be creative, to develop something. And I think what stops a lot of us from being creative is the fear of what will people think? Oh, no, what if I do it wrong? What what if they judge me? What if they think it's completely ridiculous? Okay, well, then I'm going to feel... I'm going to feel embarrassed. Do you know one of the emotions we really don't like feeling? I mean, there's many, but one of them is embarrassment. Hmm. And so when we don't like something, we as human beings often try to avoid it. And what I mean by don't like when it's not comfortable, like we love comfortable things. I mean, here, let's just use a visual. Mm, We do. We love comfortable things. Like if I said, there's a bunch of throw pillows and some of them are really comfortable and some of them are completely not comfortable, you'd probably think, well, I want the comfortable one. So I'm going to choose those ones. So we want to avoid the discomfort when we can and go for the comfortable. Well, since emotion, especially embarrassment is not always like a comfortable throw pillow, we can often be like, well, I don't want to avoid that. So then what does that look like? Well, that might look like I don't want to just come out with that creative idea because then what if someone laughs or they think it's silly or they talk about me behind my back and there's judgments and then, Oh my goodness, that's going to create embarrassment. And then I'm going to feel like I'm not enough. So I don't want to feel like that. So I'm just not going to say the idea. So what I like to do is I like to dissect and break down what, what if all the emotions, even the uncomfortable ones are just part of the process What if they're not to be avoided what if emotions are about being aware of so emotional awareness so what does that look like okay so that looks like i'm allowed to feel a wide range of emotions um there's even science behind emotions times magazine knows that right here this magazine i'm holding the science of emotions Hmm. so even the uncomfortable ones are to be felt they're part of the journey so what if we start to see emotions as information what if we start to be able to name emotions? Well, the research behind emotional awareness and naming your emotion, that could even look like you within your own self, just naming, saying, I'm feeling anxious about the thought of being embarrassed. Right? Like you could just name it, I'm feeling anxious. Mm -hmm. Now your brain sees the emotion as information as opposed to completely overwhelming you. Not only now do you see it as information, now you have an awareness to it. You can take that a step further which I do when I'm working with people, say, okay, so now where do you feel that in your body? Knowing that emotions have a physical impact is part of the process. And then, you know, and I keep going with different strategies on now what do you do with the emotion, emotional management? And then ultimately, how can you bounce back to move forward so that you can still make that creative choice? You can still be determined. You can still be brave, even though you might feel anxious that one doesn't happen without the other. I don't say, well, I'm not going to be nervous so then I can be brave and share my creative idea and really grit innovation happening. No, they happen simultaneously. Some of you are shaking, you're nervous, but you're owning it and you're choosing brave. And you're saying, I'm going to put it out there. So it's really looking at what stops as often is an emotion.
0: So, so from, from the three levels you, you, you mentioned, it's awareness, it is management, and it's resilience, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So let, let's, let's go a level deeper and take it in a, into a practical uh, setting. I'm a very much practical thinker. Imagine there's an organization, they, they know something is off, but they're not really tr- clear about that. So, you are an emotional resilience strategist. How would you go about, let's say it's it's a company with 50 people and the CEO mm-hmm. is contacting you. Hey, Sarah, right. I have no idea what's going on. I feel like there's something off. How would you go about that?
1: So I've developed this choice-making formula, which is really an exercise on breaking down the components, saying, let's look at the circumstance. So let's look at the facts. Let's look at what happened. And then let's also look at, what happened that wasn't in our control because circumstances can happen and they're not always in our control. So we don't want to waste all our energy on the circumstance. Let's take it another step and say, okay, what emotion did that trigger? What emotion did that trigger for different people? Because when we're looking at a circumstance that's happened, each individual person has created a different story about that circumstance. Our brain is really good at creating a meaning behind something that happened. You might have even heard the saying, it's not so much what happens, it's what you make it mean. You Mm. put 10 people in the exact same circumstance and they all come out with a different perspective or story because they've all walked away with making it mean something different. It's like when somebody calls somebody a name, one person could make that mean, oh my goodness, I'm not enough. I, I mustn't be good enough. The other person could make it mean, oh, they must be having a really bad day. That says a lot about you and that says nothing about me. (laughs) Those are two different perceptions. And those different perspectives and meanings will create a different emotion. It will trigger a different emotion in you. And then let's look at, okay, so what emotion did that trigger? What are we going to do with that emotion so that we can get to our end result? And I always say an end result is character-based. Because we say this a lot to people in every single facet of life. We say, be determined, be compassionate, be loving, be respectful, be brave. What can make that difficult is an emotion. And if we look at it like this, when you're angry, do you find it harder to be respectful to yourself and others?
0: Yeah, yes, definitely. Yeah,
1: when you feel anxious, do you find it harder to be brave? When you feel sad and disappointed, do you find it harder to be kind? Well, everyone says yes, harder, yes, impossible, no, because everybody has been in that circumstance in their life, they can think about it right that circumstance in their life that triggered an emotion, maybe it was irritation. But I bet you you still treated someone or yourself with kindness and respect, yes? So what you also know is you know it's possible to have circumstances happen that trigger emotions, but be able to move with and through that emotion so that you can still treat yourself and others with kindness and respect. But you also know it's harder. So it really becomes a skill, a skill on not just saying, I did it because I felt like it. The circumstance happened. I was annoyed, and that's why I posted it. That's why I said it. Emotions are okay to feel, a hundred percent, but they're not okay to make every choice because you felt like it. So it's really looking also to at behaviors, like when there's a behavior, what emotions underneath that? Emotions are a reason for a behavior, not an excuse for one. So I think the the big takeaway is it's it's an exercise that I've created. Also strategies around on how to just really look at what emotions actually impact your choices, like not allowing them to impact your choices in a harmful way, because I bet you even people listening and watching have felt an emotion, like let's say anger or sadness, but have you ever used anger and sadness in a healthy way to be more determined, more respectful, right? So it's how do we use our emotions instead of letting our emotions use us.
0: Yeah, And, and then from a corporate setting that, w- how, how does it work? So, so one perspective is of course, I guess at least it's like, Hey, you as a leader of an organization, you need to be, understanding that concept you need to be true to to what you feel and and be clear about your emotion and then as well communicate about that but then it's it goes even further than that because this is the leader who is the good example or bad example um and, and <laughs> yeah. it's like it, even it, it's like a personal thing but i guess it's also like if you look into company culture it's also, hey, the team has specific emotions because it's it's a tight team. And maybe a, a department, an area of a business has specific rules and, and, and ways of thinking about that. So it's really, it's kind of like a virus, which is maybe the wrong way to say right now, but it's like, <laughs> you need to do this with yourself and be clear with yourself, but then take it further into the team and into the organization. What's your view on that?
1: I agree. So when I've done virtuals and, and you can get the chat box going, right? You get the chat. And I ask, I say, uh, and this is, this is going to answer your question in a kind of a different way. I say, you've probably all heard, it's okay to feel. You know that line? It's okay to feel. It's okay to feel. We are born to feel. Whether you're comfortable with it or not, people have emotions. We have emotions. We all do. So I say, and we, we see this, we see this when we talk about mental health, emotional health, resilience, confidence, that it's okay to feel. Do you practice it? Do you practice it's okay to feel? Ever caught yourself doing this? I shouldn't be angry. Don't be angry, Sarah. Stop it. Don't be anxious. Why are you being anxious? You're ridiculous. Don't be sad. Don't you be sad. Well, everybody puts up their little emoji hand or the yes in the chat box. And they're like, yeah, I totally have caught myself doing that. I said, so in that moment, are you telling yourself it's okay to feel? No, <laughs> we're not practicing it often. We, we're literally saying it's not okay to feel. And so then what happens is we find this almost disconnect from ourself where then we feel like guilt or shame that we're feeling an emotion or angry that we're feeling the original emotion. So then I spin it around. I say, okay, so now picture you're feeling the emotion. You're angry, annoyed, frustrated, overwhelmed. Someone who you work with, someone around you, someone who cares about you comes to you and says, you don't need to feel that way. That's enough. No more. Even out of love. You don't need to feel that way. That's enough. Stop it. No more. Don't feel that way. Well, now how do you feel? Well, Jen's, you should see the chat box light up. I don't feel supported. I'm not listened to. I don't feel recognized. I don't feel validated. Even if the person says it out of love, like you don't need to feel that way. Don't feel that way. People interpret that as, oh, what? Now I'm not allowed to feel that way. Well, I am feeling that way. Now I say, okay, so now let's reframe it one more time. You're feeling anxious, scared, frustrated, overwhelmed. That same person comes to you. They look at you and they just say, I can tell you're feeling a lot right now. It's okay to feel how you're feeling. Okay. Can you you picture the chat box now? Connected, supported, understood, relieved. Like there's room for me to be. All the person said was it's okay to feel how you are feeling. Mm. Why does that connect us? Because Since we're emotional beings, we want to feel seen, heard, validated, and recognized. One of the greatest ways to do that is to come to emotions with space. Space to feel is space to heal. Come to a person with connection before redirection. Since we have really problem-solving brains, we'll often come with redirection and logic. Well, you don't need to feel that way because you should look at it this way. You should look at it that way. I've had to work on this personally myself because I want to come in with the answer. But what I've learned is people want you to come in with, it's okay to feel how you're feeling that actually gets relief connection, a calmer state faster, and then you can add redirection when the time's appropriate, but logic and redirection before connection don't work. So when you're talking about teams and, and corporate and employees, and you're, we've got to come in with connection and why is that difficult? Because emotions in other people trigger emotions in us. We might even be like, oh, totally overreacting. (laughs) But for them, that's valid and real in that moment. So you can think that in your head, but come with connection and then say, have you looked at it this way? You know, once they've had space to feel. Otherwise people are like, not open for it, not ready for it don't come in with all your logic and this goes back to even parenting with kids this goes back to relationships picture your spouse or partner every time you had emotion coming into you with logic well you don't need to feel that way that's enough stop it calm down relax
0: yeah <laughs> you know? I can picture that properly <laughs> <laughs> but it's 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 super interesting um and I would like to dive even deeper into this. So I'm working with innovation cultures where this is super important, what you're just just talking. And I think I, I, I learned so much about that, uh, which I will be using in the future as well. Thank you for that already. Um,
1: so, <laughs> well, you're welcome.
0: <laughs> so if, if we talk then, because I've been working in different parts of the world, if you then look the, into the culture aspects There are cultures who are not talking about feelings. They're not expressing their feelings from a body language perspective. So if you then work in in an international setting, let's say there's a global company which is is asking you to help. How how about going into that setting where it's like, there's an Asian person which has different perspectives than... A South African person than a a, a, and a Canadian person than a German person mm-hmm. like that's mm-hmm. a melting pot of different expressions of emotions and like mm-hmm. how the hell you he, he would deal with that?
1: <laughs> I to, I use humor, humor. so I, I find that that's a great way to connect with people is to have that real real talk you know I'll, I'll even say something like in you know talking about emotions QI roll. like you know and and also have some fun with it so that people get to see that emotions are not they're part of the journey that emotions are not about avoiding them they're not about suppressing them and we know those people that have, have maybe we we know them personally now or maybe we were um her, taught by them growing up, where they said, "I don't need to deal with my emotions." Oh, you're what? You're going to talk about your emotions? I just take mine, and I put them in a little box, and I bury them. I bury them deep down inside, and then I put a rug over top and some furniture. I don't need to deal with my emotions. But one day they're going to come up and deal with you. Mm-hmm. So suppression's not a long term game. The byproduct of what I. Teach with strategies around emotional awareness, emotional management, emotional resilience. The byproduct is mental health, emotional health is confidence. It's literally a byproduct of it. And when I think you have so many different with different people with different perspectives, it's really about planting a seed of permission. Permission to feel. And it kind of sounds a little bit silly. but we need permission to feel? Well, some people do. They this is not a, a practice that is comfortable or common for them. Hmm. And so if we just we come to people where they're at on their journey and say so here's some some tools to put in your back pocket. You know it goes back to that you can lead a horse to water but you can't make the horse drink. Yeah. But when the horse is thirsty, it'll know where the water is. And so I'm big into sharing all my resources with those I work with. Because my hope is that it's not just a presentation, that it's a conversation. And it's not just a conversation, but it becomes a practice. I, I like to show them this too. And I know for the people that are walk, or listening to the podcast, they won't see it. But for those that, that can see this, I, I start with uh, also this, and it's a whole bunch of baby faces, all different cultures feeling emotions. Uh, you were born to feel baby. Yeah. <laughs> and reminding us that it's in us. But sometimes we learn oh, just say you're fine when you don't, when you don't want to deal with that. And, and it's okay to say you're fine to somebody who you don't want to engage in that emotional conversation. I'm not saying go around and spilling your emotions everywhere because that might not be the, the appropriate timing or place or, but I'm saying when you say you're fine to your own self, when you don't feel fine, being aware of emotions, is at least acknowledging for yourself, oh, I am feeling grumpy. I am feeling anxious. I am feeling annoyed. Okay. So now what can I do with it? So that doesn't just become this huge elephant, not only in the room, but in your body that you, you're not willing to look at or or deal with. So I think at some level, even if, even if there's different cultures with different perspectives, at some level, I do believe that people innately in inside them know. I might not be comfortable with it, but I do have emotions, especially during this pandemic. I mean, it's been brought to the forefront of a lot of people's minds. Oh my goodness! I got to do something to be proactive with my overall well-being and my mental health and emotional
0: health. Yeah, yeah, it's quite interesting because without ever speaking about these topics, at least the two of us is there, there are a couple of common things I do as well, which is uh, from a leadership perspective, I always talk about, you need to lead yourself first before you can lead others, which is mm-hmm. a similar approach: is be aware of your emotion, work with your emotions. And then if you're willing to do it and then you can share it with the others and coming back to the different cultures is, kind of finding the a common language, which is like normalizing that it is it is okay to feel and it is okay to engage with each other on that level. Um, and that it might be easier for one culture than for the others. But I think it's mm-hmm. it's also, if you're in an ecosystem of a company, it's like, hey, you, you can learn from each other. You can kind of be yourself if you want to, if the company culture goes towards that direction.
1: Absolutely. And I do think that sometimes people, they they might have known that one person that used their emotions as an excuse for yeah. staying down or for poor behavior and there's a part of our brains that are like oh i don't want to be known as that i don't want to be known as you know look at them they're like using their emotions as an excuse for staying down and so i think that when we reframe and we say no 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 emotions aren't about uh, seeing them as weakness or an excuse for staying down or poor behavior. That's someone who didn't know either what to do with their emotions and were just staying stuck in them. But my whole theory is around, and my whole strategies are around what do can we do to honor the emotion, use it as information and as motivation so that you can still be determined, caring, kind, respectful, You can innovate be creative even though sometimes you feel overwhelmed or annoyed or frustrated and happy and sad and all of it's okay so i think sometimes we have this perception that oh it's i i can't be determined i can't be that if i'm feeling this emotion no what if you can do you can do work with the what if it's about working with the emotion not trying to pretend it's not there or avoid it yeah. or succumbing to it in the sense of you're just using it as an excuse. Well, I felt like it. I'm sure we've all heard that before. And so then we were triggered to say, well, that's not what it's about. Emotional awareness isn't about that. I just get to use as an excuse.
0: Yeah. I could, I could talk five hours more with you on this topic. (laughs) And I think we we might need to do something else in a a couple of uh, months from now. I have a couple of interesting thoughts, but let's, let's, let's not dive deeper into that. I think it's it's a very interesting perspective on how companies as well, which we haven't talked about right now is the business of impact of that can be huge.
1: Oh, massive.
0: A lot of, that's if we go towards the finance people in organization, hey, it's all about return and invest. And if we put a lot of time and resources into dealing with emotions, maybe that's not the first thing a finance person would, would be thinking about. But I believe this same, same topic when I work with company cultures, it might not pay back tomorrow, but in in like the day after tomorrow, it will and then 10 times. What is your perspective and experience in that?
1: I, I 100% agree with you. One, uh, this is, this is one thing I really believe is emotions change choices. So if I don't know what to do with my emotions, I can become this person, especially in a company, pass me the phone. No, I'm making the call now. No, pass me the phone. I'm, I'm phoning. I'm, I'm calm. I, they need to hear my voice right now in this moment. Someone else is t- trying to calm you down, right? Like, no, no, pass. I'm sending an email. I'm sending an email. And you're typing out of pure anger, and then you press send. And then in reflection, you're like, shoulda, woulda, coulda, but I didn't do that. I wish I didn't say it, type it, text it, send it. Because out of emotion, it changed the way you typed, it changed what you said, how you sent it. If we teach people, you can feel angry, what are you going to do with anger? What are you going to do to move with that and through it so that you can still be Respectful, that you can still feel angry, but you're making a choice out of respect. I bet you your words sound different. I bet you that email sounds different. I bet you the wording used is different. And so, and then, and what happens in between the I'm angry and I'm going to send the email really actually is an essential skill that helps overall morale, productivity. It's performance because you start to see that, oh, I'm allowed to feel how I'm feeling. I just am not allowed to send the email (laughs) (laughs) out of the pure feeling that I can feel this way, but I can actually still be respectful, that I can take a beat, that I can learn emotional management. okay What am I going to do with that emotion in a healthy way so that I can still be respectful? Well, all of a sudden, your behavior shifts. So when we say before, emotions are a reason for a behavior, not an excuse for one. But if you know that there's another place to make choices from, that emotions are not the reliable place to make all choices from, that there is a reliable place and it's called your character, then we practice what do we do with that cloud of emotion that sometimes can cloud our character? And then that's where we practice. And then that becomes... That becomes all of a sudden, you're making choices that are impacting not just you, but your company in such a powerful way, yeah, positive way, because and then you're truly, right, making choices that show your character and in alignment with who you're working with.
0: 1% agree. And that will as well be reflected towards their customers, because the customers will feel that and then the customers say oh they're really nice they're true they're they have emotions <laughs> which some companies yeah. feel that that they don't have emotions and then that will trigger them hey they like the company more and and that will result into more payments what whatever the business is about Absolutely. i'm pretty sure yeah I, I i 100% agree Let's transition into the last part where I'm asking a couple of rapid fire, but not so rapid fire questions. Okay. Um, So let's, let's start with, with number one, and they're slightly out of context. So if you would have the chance to work with a project um, that is impacting every human being on earth, what project would it be? And why would you want to work with that project?
1: mental health. And because I do believe that being proactive with our emotional and mental well-being is essential to our overall confidence, physical health, happiness, joy, longevity, and respect for self and others.
0: Great one. Where will you be in a year from now? And you can answer that from a personal and or a business perspective.
1: Can I be, see under a palm tree somewhere? I want to get back to
0: traveling. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it's your yes. choice.
1: Yes, yeah, it's there. Uh, and then also I'm always committed to to expanding my horizons with my message. So always learning, always growing, seeing how that applies to all areas of business, all areas of education and 100% my family, our son. It's of the utmost importance to me that I provide him with as much knowledge about his emotions and supporting his learning so in a year from now I hope that his emotional awareness, emotional resilience and confidence just keeps growing.
0: Nice. Next question is how do you keep yourself up to date in the topics you are interested in? What are the different resources you use to 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 gain your knowledge hmm. and stay up to date?
1: I just finished two Yale courses and one of them being on psychology but the other one on uh, uh, science of well-being. Mm. So I, I like taking courses. I, I think that they keep me really. It keeps my brain constantly diving into, not just research, but saying, okay, so how does this now apply to myself and my audience? because I I don't want to, I think that people know a lot of research. I mean, they they can Google and get a lot of research, but I like saying, okay, so how did can this transcend into a a tool or strategy or conversation? Hmm. So courses
0: like that. So last question, Um, where can people find you? How can people reach out to you?
1: The best way to find me is my website. So sarahwestbrook.com. And then that way it is broken down into, if you're an organization corporation, you can click if you're a school or an ed- parent or educator, you can click because I have different programs for different audiences, all on emotional awareness, management, and resilience. And Instagram, Instagram is my most active social media platform. It's I am Sarah Westbrook, as well as LinkedIn and Twitter. <laughs> okay, so so LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, website.
0: And for those who are in the in the video, they can see it behind you. And for, for for the listeners on the podcast, I will put that as well into the show notes. So you can straight away click through to Sarah. Sarah, thank you very much for being on the show. It was a pleasure talking to you.
1: Well, it was an absolute pleasure talking to you. I think that the time just flew by.
0: It did. (laughs) Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. You will find the links and resources in the show notes of this episode. If you would like to support the podcast, the most impactful thing you can do is subscribing to the show on any of the podcasting platforms and give me a review. This will help me to reach more innovators around the world and bring some of you into the show. If you have any questions to the guest or want to engage with me, feel free to reach out to me on my public WhatsApp at plus 4915170331176. I will repeat plus 4915170331176. It's all WhatsApp, texting only. Or follow me on social media and contact me there. And finally, if you look for someone educating you or your team on innovation culture coaching, have a look at heightlandinnovation.com. Thanks and see you in the next episode.